Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes. fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Uh, <laughs> this week brought to you by Creative Live. If uh, you know you want to learn how to record music, check out our friends over at Creative Live. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by artists that you love, like a donor, escape plan, periphery, converge, between the bear to me. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio. You're guaranteed to find something that is going to float your boat. You know what I'm saying? Free previews, all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Interact with those people sometimes. Like some classes are just videos and they're awesome and incredibly informative. And you just get, you got to absorb the material because there's so much coming at you and there's hours of it. Sometimes it's like they got like a live thing going on. There's like a chat yeah, yeah, I've watched a few of those. Those are really interesting to see to yeah. see those guys talk and shop and see what they really do kind of in a real-time environment. If you take your music seriously and everybody who's making music and you know has even a hope of making it some sort of a career, then just you know pull up your damn computer and and buy yourself a class and and then thank me later, you know? <laughs> Indeed, man. Yeah, in this episode, we are going to uh, talk to none other than uh, Def Heaven. Uh, you might have heard of this band once or twice, whether good or bad. I don't know. You tell me. George Clark from oh, uh, Def Heaven. Always, it's, it's always about the controversy. I think at some point, and hopefully it's with this album, it's like, it's Def Heaven. It's awesome. And that's all there is to it. That awesome band, Def Heaven. There's no more controversy. That's what I'm looking for. Well, we talk a little bit about that because I want to know what, 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 what he thinks, where that comes from or what it's all about. So we, we get into that in the interview. So I think that's something that uh, everybody is on everybody's mind when they look at it. I mean, you know, pink cover and all. I was a skeptical listener of Dev Heaven on Sunbather. I was not into it. It didn't float me, and I know that everybody had it on their top ten list, and it just didn't do it for me. But this new record um, is pretty amazing. We'll get another piece of uh, new Bermuda on this episode, as well as we're going to do some juxtaposition with that and play you something from between, <laughs> oh, Bring Me the Horizon in yeah, this episode. Yeah, definitely not Between the Buried and Me. No, so yeah, no sorry. I almost uh, misspoke there. So, yes. It'll be, uh, let's just say, a little bit of a train wreck in the middle of this episode. <laughs> it's gonna. What are you it, talking about, uh, dude? Like, uh, d- listen to you. Uh, Deaf heaven or controversial? No, no, no. no, no. When, the horizon. When, I don't like it. No, You're no, no. Such what, a, no. You, you are the metal. Like, like if there was like, see, like metal hipster at this me at this point is sort of like defined as like being people who are into Deaf heaven. But like, you are the metal hipster. Like, if it what wasn't like isn't pure metal if it isn't like exactly the way you like it is if it doesn't get blessed by tony iomi then it's somehow it's uh it's there's a the, the hair's funny or something tony always like a call for, where the hell you did you get I'm that saying. from what, what, you know what i'm saying maybe neil fallon or something like that but tony iomi really i mean uh no 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 i'm not i'm not any trunk I, I i'm a little younger than that just a tad bit yeah but just a tad i mean come on <laughs> oh fucker i see how it is you son of a bitch <laughs> no, I mean, I'm into, well, I'm into what I'm into, right? But it was weird. I went to a death metal show 
uh, last night, and I was so fucking bored that it was it was painful. It was really fucking painful. And I I love death metal, right? I really do, and I I have a good time at most death metal shows. But I was so unbelievably bored, and I and I don't know. I can't tell if it's like I'm just going through a phase where everything is fucking boring or everything. You know what I mean? You sometimes you go through that and you just get this. And nothing really turns me on. I I don't know. The the new Bring Me the Horizon it does not turn me on. The new Deaf Heaven does. I have to say, I will I will freely admit that. You know you know why I never go through phases of like where everything starts to bore me. Why? It's because I I like the new Deaf Heaven and I like the new Bring Me the Horizon. You like everything. Not everything, man. You should. Oh, no, that's I true. Guess. Actually, if I play it for you that I like it, you don't like it. Every everything that I say, <laughs> hey, dude, check this out. What do you think of this? Like, what was it? What did I play? I played the, the new Black Breath, and you're like, yeah, it's okay. I see how you are. Well, we'll talk about it later because we're going to talk about like the topic thing, right? We're going to talk about the topic. You know, the fact that metal is 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 in the top what 10 of billboard, yeah there's like, like four or five uh, metal bands that are in the top 10 on billboard 200 so we want to kind of talk about that and where that sits in the scheme of things especially in the wake of hearing the complaints about how metal has gotten fat gray and <laughs> old well what was it we'll put fat, it in, we'll put it in perspective when uh, when we talk uh, about which bands are in the top 10 that's the, that's the other thing that's that's it's all part you know that yeah. is definitely part of it man oh but uh, make sure that you know we have we tend to actually i don't know if you've anybody follows us on twitter but we have these discussions openly on twitter half the time um so godless and i will go back and forth and start fighting on twitter uh make sure you're following us on social media i'm at bearded ape on twitter i am at godless speaks and godless speaks.com and facebook and of course you can find us now at chuck and if you click on that hey. that goes straight to our patreon account if you want to support us feel free to do so we're going to add some cool new old material for our uh, for our some of our our patrons this week because we found I found dude I found the old stuff like the old the old of the old pre metal sucks podcast, I mean podcast holy crap I forgot I forgot how how weird we sounded before <laughs> I thought I thought we sound kind of strange now but good god man three years ago no, what were we thinking no interviews just us bantering about with music like in the background which was that idea that you hated and then metal sucks really hated and that was the end of that <laughs> and look what happened <laughs> we're doing okay now no it's um yeah it's really weird listening to that old stuff back and and checking it out so we're going to give that to some of our patrons uh if you are if you want to check it out so chuck if you want to find uh find that and dig that up that uh should be interesting this week and if you yeah, want to get also, these episodes early and all that stuff you can do that too uh, yeah yeah and, uh, and also wednesday wednesday correct wednesday yes october i think you said saturday in the last episode uh, but i, I don't remember right. october yeah. 28th here in austin at the empire control room it's going to be our very very first public appearance doing the metal sucks podcast and we're doing it with our good friend and on the mount rushmore of metal max cavalera uh, one of the totally. all-time great dude so i'm really excited about that and then february 4 through 8 we're going to be on the seventy thousand tons of metal crews doing their live q a's we don't know which bands we're going to be doing it with but there's so many great bands have been announced already that you know like at the gates i'm hoping we can do something with i'm just hoping they speak english that's all i hope for you know like <laughs> if we get some people that only speak german we could be we could be fucked so but 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 otherwise 
or it could be fun. I mean, who knows? That might be really, really badass. Like, if nobody can understand what we're saying, we can't understand them. Oh, dude, yeah, that could be entertainment. I, I just want to see. I, you know, what I want to do is I want to see if we can get the spouses that get dragged onto Ooh, the ship, yeah, and do point. live Q and As with them. Good that's point. where it's at. Well, either that or we make that extra content. Like that's <laughs> like that's a, <laughs> the extra stuff. I mean, check this out. Okay, we'll do a play by play of our interview with the wife of whoever we do. <laughs> How about that? Huh? <laughs> huh? Eh? Eh? Okay. Oh, boy. See, this is what happens. We start talking, and the ideas come right here on the show. And so, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. We don't we don't actually deal with this any other time than when the microphones are on. Uh, speaking of which, that's how we dealt with Def Heaven. Uh, we had a chance to talk to George Clark of Def Heaven right on the uh, on the heels of New Bermuda. Oh, dude, this album. You are if you haven't streamed it yet, you need to check it out because it is it's different. It's different than Sunbather. It's not the same record by no means. And I think you'll like Gorgeous the song that we pulled. Album. It really is. It's it's um it's pretty amazing. And he is um he's kind of a depressing dude. And uh, <laughs> and, and we and we get a little bit of that in this interview on the Metal Sucks podcast. George, great. How you doing, man? It's Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, man. Cool. How nice to you? uh nice to talk to you. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a little a uh, little too hot in LA still. I don't know what to do about it, but feeling good. Well, I mean, it's like on fire right now, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a, a pretty good indication of our weather recently. Yeah, yeah kind of hard not to be a little warm over there under the collar. Yeah, occasionally. Well, dude, it's great to talk to you, man. I'm uh, I'm glad we got a get a chance to sit down before this album comes out, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, uh, thank you for having me be a part of this. I really appreciate it. One of the things I don't, I, and I have no idea if I'm correct on this because I've only read the lyrics to the to, to the first single from the new uh, from New Bermuda, and listening to this versus Sunbather, I had this feeling of kind of hopeful feeling when I listened to Sunbather. Like it, fe- it felt brighter. Something about it gave me hope. And then I listened to New Bermuda, and I feel kind of a hopelessness to it and i don't know if that's like me putting myself into it or if that's actually there is there something to that or am i just is that me no no i I think that uh uh, what you're feeling is correct um you know with sunbather it was this sort of uh, i i consider that record to be a lot more youthful um it it you know, it's, it's themes are sort of uh, understanding your youth and, and wanting to move past it and wanting something better for yourself. And uh, New Bermuda more deals with the idea of having some of those things and uh, and kind of just being let down. Um, I think that that where Sunbather had this dreamlike quality to it, New Bermuda is definitely much more based in reality and 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 this idea of transitioning to adulthood and and uh and not understanding you know how to how to do that so well and and having to like reconcile your feelings over it and um and i the record deals a lot with depression and and i think that overall the the themes are are much darker than than what they were previously well, what you've sort of talked about before, you know, I've read a few interviews with you and all that stuff. And I mean, it seems like, you know, when you talked about Sunbather, it was almost a reflection. Like, uh, like there's a lot of a lot of the lyrical themes sort of reflected the moods that you were in at the time and what was going on there. Is this the same? Is Are you feeling that about the way your life is now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that because the record was written over the past year, it, it definitely um, it definitely is a reflection. Uh, everything that we've ever done 
kind of deals with where we were at as people the year prior. I, you know, I, I think, and, and writing and recording has, has uh, enabled me to, you know, kind of face myself and, and, uh, and really get to the core of, of what it is that I felt was wrong at the time. And, uh, and because of that, I, I feel like I have moved past it to a certain degree, but uh, it certainly does detail um, the last year, year and a half of, of my life and, and what I've been going through. Wow, is it really that easy? Do we just have to write like a badass album and we can put all that shit behind us? <laughs> I mean, like, I think about it, it's like, well, it's sort of dark and depressing and stuff like that. I'm like, I feel that stuff all the time. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it definitely comes in waves, but yeah, right. I, I, I can I can see that, you know, being able to listen to these songs and being able to read the lyrics over and stuff, I, it, it does help me kind of reflect and, and try and move past george i had heard you say a while ago like like a couple years ago that your personal faults have led to an imperfect lifestyle which i thought was a real interesting quote and of course like the cameras quickly moved to you know jump cut to out on the street and it's like whoa 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 pull back (laughs) you know is that stuff that you've been that you've worked on you've been able to work on or will it always be there yeah, I mean, absolutely, to to a degree. Um, you know, it's it's defective of, of character. Um, it, it it our our records have kind of almost uh, unintentionally chronicled as like like Rose to Judah is about being young and and being out of control and 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 having you know to face the sort of negative aspects of that lifestyle. Um, Sunbather is getting out of that and, and wanting something better for yourself. And New Bermuda is sort of, I have these things, you know, there, there are material aspects of my life that are, uh, uh, a lot, uh, better than, than what they were before, but it, it's not really what, what made me happy. You know, I, I had to, I, I came at a crossroads where it was like, if I have these things I've been wanting and, and my life is at a stable point, and you know I have, you know, this wonderful girlfriend, and and we live together, and we have this like dog, and you know we have this whole little like life, but like, but I'm still, you know, feel like I'm missing something. Then then what's the real issue at hand? And uh, and I think New Bermuda really kind of digs into that, and and so so it has this has been like a a strange trilogy, I guess, but uh, unintentionally actually follows my life as it goes. So have you figured out what that problem is or what that is at the core? No, no. Or I, past I, it or no? I, I don't think so. I mean, not fully. I mean, the the record just kind of deals with recognizing it. You know, I, I think I've definitely been able to recognize it, but these are things that take time and, and need a certain amount of maturity and and I'm sure it may hopefully, you know, God willing or uh, what have you at, at some point. Um, God damn it, George. Are we supposed to like, you know, get the like Robin Williams team to like keep an eye on you? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. And, that, and that's the other thing. I, I wanted to uh, also point out the fact that even though the record reflects certain feelings like this, my life overall is not morose. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm very lucky and, very fortunate to be in this position and and uh and we've worked really hard and and it's been a really amazing journey so far yeah no kidding i mean it's and and for the most part when you know relatively speaking a short journey so far yeah yeah i would say so i mean it's been a it's been a really fast-paced few years and and we've just been hitting the ground running essentially 
How do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel do you feel humble about that? Because I mean, you seen you guys have taken steps like larger steps than so many other bands that have come before you. Do it not doing the same thing, but you know, similar. How does that feel for you? Do you feel like you've got a step ahead, or I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think of it as like a rat race or anything like that. We just uh, we just uh, between Sunbather and, and now, like last year, we played about two hundred shows and. Mm-hmm. And we've just worked really hard. It is the experience humbling incredibly. Um, you know, not only, you know, for me, uh, a lot of it has to do with travel. And, and not only is it getting to, you know, visit these amazing places and meet all these people and meet people involved in music from all over the world that are all contributing to this, like, you know, idea. Um, but also getting to meet, you know, bands that you admire and, and bands that you would hope to consider your peers. And, and uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, for, for instance, we played heavy Montreal, uh, of, uh, I guess more than a few weeks back now, uh, maybe a month or so, yeah, about um, a little over. Um, and you know, I, I was meeting and hanging out with these guys in pig destroyer and, and revocation and, and these bands that deaf heaven has never had, um, any link to, but that we've been fans of these were like metal metal bands that we don't always get the chance to play with. And, and everyone, you know, like knew who we were and I was shocked by that. And, and, and we had like really down to earth conversation and they were all really good people. And, uh, so it, for me, that that's really what it's about. It's about just being a part of this community and 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 getting to meet people that you didn't think you would, and and hope, hopefully having them consider you to be you know uh, their peer at at this point. Yeah. Cool, it's really yeah. cool. Well, you had said I think at one point that uh, that Deaf Heaven was viewed as a somewhat controversial band, and and I don't I don't understand why you would think that because I mean you you guys are sort of at the kind of at the pinnacle you're getting you're getting good reviews from everybody you're you know and and you know good albums that in the in the past and and obviously in the future so what what's controversial about you guys i think um in reference to that just uh years back especially especially when this whole like when sunday there came out and, and this was starting to kind of pick up uh People were just very divided on us, uh, you know, positively and negatively. There were very uh, strong feelings, and, and, you know, we didn't really, there wasn't like a group of bands or, or a scene that we kind of grew up in and, and emerged from. We've always just been kind of these, like, lone wolves, and we've taken out, uh, taken on different opportunities, and, we, and we've played uh, uh, festivals that weren't necessarily geared towards heavier acts and, and things like that, and I think it kind of, to a degree, exiled us from a certain audience. But you know, I, I don't, I don't give much thought to it. Back yeah. in the, back in the it, day, like when that was first happening, it was kind of a, a lot to handle initially. But I've, I've found a, a comfortable place with Death Heaven and and amidst the metal and, and otherwise community. Did you ever spread the money across the mattress and then read all of the? <laughs> 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 that, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I set it on fire and, and smoked my cigar with it. <laughs> so I, I think at the time, I just, I just, you know, people were just coming at us from all angles and, and really, like, people were, like, dissecting us so much. And I was just thinking, like, you know, to be honest with you, at the end of the day, it's just a group of guys that sit in a living room or sit in a garage and, and write rips and try and create something that we find to be interesting and meaningful it's got to be quite different when you don't expect that to happen and there's no way in the world you guys could have possibly expected the response that sunbather got no matter how confident you might have been in that record no but now but now it's like now you are expecting people to start you know pulling apart this record aren't you yeah i 
yeah, I'm either I'm either expecting that or people or for people just to be like just accept it and walk away from it and and not even want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> that, that that could be the the flip side. I, I know I don't know when we went into this record. It was discussed, you know. We we kind of talked about. It. We were like, "Oh my God!" Like, you know, what if you know what are people going to think? And, and 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 do we have to live up to something? But I think ultimately the biggest pressure was just a personal one because when when you get attention like that, I I think it can be uh, quite easy to to recreate or and and to make a sequel of our last record. And you know, if if, if we were really trying to hold on to to these. Uh, these opinions, you know, we, we would have done that, and and so I, th- I think we made a conscious decision not to. And while we're going to have certain things that always define our sound, uh, I think that we we moved away from the sounds on Sunbather, and, and we wanted to progress, and we didn't want to write the same record. And uh, th- that that was that was the biggest pressure was just kind of challenging ourselves and uh, accessing different influences and. And, and trying to make them work in a way that fits Deaf Heaven. So funny to hear you to, to hear you say that actually, because we we've interviewed you know hundred plus bands on this on the podcast and stuff, and and when we ask about if somebody's going into the studio or whatever, if they felt pressure or anything like that, if that's come up. There's a nah, whatever, you know, it's a just just another record or whatever. The, the, I have to say, this is probably the first time I've heard somebody go, "That's what we put the pressure on ourselves because we realize where we are in the circle of things." Uh, that's that's pretty interesting to to realize that you're that self aware in that process. I, I think it's important to be mindful, and I think it's important. I, I, I just I consider it to just be care. You know, we we care a lot about this band. Uh, everything we do, from uh, our music to our visual aspect, is is very uh, meticulous, and uh, and we can be kind of anal and, and kind of hard on ourselves. And uh, I, I think it it helps for a better a better product or a better the best version of yourself is what we're always kind of trying to strive for mm. was was there a motivational poster up in the <laughs> songwriting room believe <laughs> i want to believe <laughs> like a whiteboard with like a message you know like one of those like you know nobody's gonna you know that sort of thing did yeah, you do that no no i think i think we I think we told each other a couple times, like, we're going to get through this. <laughs> but, but it probably, it probably stopped at that point. It was, it was, was it that bad? <laughs> you, know, you know, there's there's always, it's like this, there's always a period where things get really, like, difficult. And you're like, like, you're you're trying to figure out stuff. It's like, especially with the way we write, we write in, like, all these big chunks. And then mm-hmm. eventually we all get in the same room and kind of, like, we'll have, like, a skeleton of a song and, and we'll we'll start to flesh it out. And yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a part in the writing process where everyone just like doesn't want to touch a guitar, um, and 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 we actually um, for a brief period lived out in the desert for a couple weeks um, in this really isolated area to to help write the record, and and it was uh, more destructive than anything because when, when it's the only thing that you have to entertain you on a 24 hour period, it uh, it can rot your brain. Yeah, because then you can't get away from it. Like even because sometimes you just got to step away, right? Yeah, you, you need you need fresh ears. You, know, you have to take a break and then come back and and then and then you can edit and, and change. But after that was done, uh, you know, we, we we continued through. But yeah, there's always a period where it's like, God, what are we gonna do? That's got to be so hard when you're you know when you're doing live shows and you guys toured the living shit out of Sunbather. It's like as meticulous as you can be. 
when you get up on stage, it lasts as long as it lasts, and then it's over. And anything that didn't work, it's okay. It happened. It's passed. But you know, you only get to write an album so often, and here it it feels so permanent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's exactly that's exactly it. I mean, I, you know, we, we strive to have uh, to have the best live show uh, that we can. Also, but you're right. If shit happens, it does. You have tomorrow night, and you have six months six months from then when you'll probably be in that city you know, uh, following up and, and you can, you know, uh, you can prove yourself, uh, over again. But yeah, record is, record's very permanent. And we, we don't, um, even like with our recording process, uh, everything is done in a live room and we don't, uh, record to click and, and everything is, uh, really natural. So, I mean, if we're six minutes into a song and Dan screws up a drum fill, you know, we start from the beginning. And, and that can be a little daunting. Um, and that's when, you know, we start to really mull it over, and we're like, we have to listen to every little thing, because if the guitar goes out of tune or anything, you just go straight to the beginning. Um, and I think it makes us tighter players, but it, it can also be, you know, part of the challenge. Uh, where did you get that uh, that type of concentration from? I mean, because because uh, it's one thing to play a three minute song all the way through a dozen times. Chuck, he's the singer. He, well, he, he, he's got it easy. Well, yeah, I think I think uh, you, you may want to ask Dan. His, his his arms have almost fallen off a couple times. <laughs> he's like, you're you're just over there in the corner telling him, "Hey, your, your guitar's out of tune." By the way, just so you know. Well, yeah, on yeah, he's he, yeah. I can imagine him like, but hey, all right, guys, I'm going to put a fuck you fill right here. It goes boom, boom, boom. <laughs> no. Uh, that's actually literally I, I'll look at him when he's tracking and you know he's like pouring sweat and something will screw up and he'll just look up and be like are you fucking kidding me and we're like alright like you know, you know take 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 a couple minutes let's get some water and, and then get back at it but he's a monster uh, I don't know how he does it I don't know how any of them do it like you said I'm, I'm just I'm the observer for the most part until my little part at the end. So, right. So when you guys had, you got the first album, you come back from touring, everybody leaves except for the two of you. And you guys write an album that was successful on all levels, artistic, uh, uh, commercial, uh, uh, critically, everything. I mean, it, it, there's, you could count on one hand, the number of albums that do that. Right. So was it tempting to say to the other, the new guys, Hey, look, uh, we don't want to break what worked last time. So you guys can just wait up until we're ready for you to record. I, I mean, yeah, I, I suppose you, you could have done that. But the other thing is that, well, there's two things. And, and one is we've been playing with these guys since 2013. But we, all this, you know, heavy touring uh, we did with each other. And I think in that time, our relationship built a ton. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel lucky to say that we're all actually, like, very good friends. And we, I think the entire band talks on a daily basis. And, uh, um, and, and so... When you're playing with someone like that night after night, and you're spending that much time with them, you know you you write with them, and 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 you find that that it's actually not too uh, challenging. You know, like a lot of um, Carrie's influence, uh, uh, Shiv picks up on, and and a lot of uh, Shiv's influence, Carrie picks up on. So that's one part of it, and I think that the second part is that Carrie still does write majority of the music. Um, what, what was great this time around, though, was he brings them ideas. And then everyone jams on it. Everyone's just kind of like playing through. He'll, he'll teach him, like I said, like the skeleton of a song. And then when we start to flesh it out, 
Shiv will have uh, a lead, you know, and, and just right in the middle of playing, he'll just bust out this lead, and then we'll stop and be like, lat, like, like, what'd you just do right there? Like, let's do that again. Like, go, go from the beginning. Or, or Dan will do like a, like a jazzy cymbal thing, and, and we'll stop again and be like, do that, you know, and, and, and the song builds in that way. So while, while the formula worked uh, well last time with Carrie and I, I think that this time around, the overall process was a lot more fulfilling, and and it was it was a lot it was a lot more fun to 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 write, and um, and I think that we're we're beneficial for it. You know, I, I think I think we definitely benefit from the other guys' input. Yeah, I just figured that in case the album didn't do well critically and commercially, you could blame the three new guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well. That's the other thing is that they, you know, they're obviously going to be kicked out if, um, if, if we don't get that five out of five or ten out of ten across the board. Uh, Pitchfork didn't call. Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I'm telling you. That's you, what I've been thinking. If you if you cut us down to two and a half or three horns, I'm, I'm going to tell them they're out. <laughs> so how long have the two the two of you, you know, Corey, you and Carrie, you and Carrie, how how long have you guys been? together playing i mean i know that the band's kind of since 2010 but yeah like how long have you guys been known each other uh we we've known each other for um about 13 years we met when we were 14 and carrie was playing guitar at the time and i was also kind of uh attempting to play guitar at the time so we've always uh i guess in that way been musical with, with one another um i don't think we actually got serious about anything until uh, probably until Death Heaven, really. I mean, everything up into it. You know, we had a couple bands that were like fun to play and and even recorded, but most of it was just like high school stuff. Playing some Green Day covers here and there. Yeah, I mean, you know, just or just a, yeah, trying to do Slayer songs <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. not pulling it off. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm getting around to, I guess, is like that being able to bring other people in and have them collaborate in that way with somebody with two people that have been together for so long is got to be interesting to to allow yourself to get to let other people in that way. It is, it is. It, it's, it's a lot of, it is a little bit of, of letting go, um, especially because uh, Carrie and, and myself, we can be such control freaks. But then again, you know, it, it took us a long time to find this lineup for a while. We were kind of like a revolving door of musicians. So as time progressed, we really found qualities and people that we wanted and, and we kind of, uh, you know, if, if it didn't fit, it didn't fit and, and, and finally, we found these three guys that mm-hmm. all fit really well. Uh, but it didn't happen overnight. I mean, it took a few years to find people that you are willing to let go of some of your uh, creative control for. Yeah, I was going to say, what was that change in you that was uh, that allowed some of that to to be let go? I just knew. I mean, you know, uh, I knew the first time we played with Dan, um, especially, I was like, okay, like this is a no-brainer. This guy is, you know, a, a, a beastly. So let's do that, and then and then the way that Carrie and I are—that's uh, the way Dan and Shiv are. Mm-hmm. They've been friends since uh, their early teens and have been playing in bands together. I mean, they—we almost like mirror each other's friendships. So having Shiv on board, also, you know, and, and seeing their dynamic, and then seeing the way Carrie and Shiv wrote with one another, it just felt really comfortable. It was just really comfortable. Everyone um, understands each other, and, and everyone gets along really well, and and it made it easy to you know, let them in a little bit, but, and, and like I said, I mean, Carrie still does right. Majority of the music, it, it, it is to a certain uh, extent his vision, but I think we're definitely a better band having the other guys involved too. Mm. 
what what going back real quick to what we where we started a little bit because I'm still sort of like gets me because you know the American dream is to be successful <laughs> you know what I mean the the <clears throat> thing that you hear the GOP candidates talking about is success and then trying to act like they're very happy with that success and I don't know if I necessarily believe it based on their politics. Can you kind of relate to what those guys are trying to do or at all at this point? Seeing it from the other side, I guess? I mean, I, 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 it really just defines how you define success. Um, my idea of success was not uh, being homeless and, and sleeping uh, on a couch uh, like I had been for uh, a few years uh, and sharing that couch with someone else. So I just didn't want to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny is, is when all that's taken care of, when you don't have to worry about, you know, where your next meal is coming from, you, you start to think about all the other things in life. And then you realize like, oh, maybe maybe there's like something more lacking here than, than I, I once believed because I was so, I was so focused on, on just like pulling myself out of this financial rut that, that I didn't have a lot of time to focus on the other things. And so, you know, and I have, you know, and I, I, you know, we're, we're still not like nowhere near the top of the food chain. Um, yeah, I have a very modest uh, apartment and, um, and, and what have you. But, but now that that's, you know, now that I don't have to worry about the next meal, you know, I start thinking about things that really, you know, at the core of me, you know, what makes me unhappy and, and why do I feel discontent sometimes? And, and, and what are the things that have led up to this and, and reflecting on my own mistakes throughout life? And, you know, it's just, a lot of uh, trying to reconcile some of the some of the more difficult parts of my personality and actions. Yeah, and and I could only do that once once I, I, apparently once the rest of it was kind of out of my head because um, the the idea of of financial stability and and et cetera at one point became very uh, overpowering. What is it? What's that called? The hierarchy of needs. You know, where the bottom of the pyramid is survival is food shelter mm-hmm. you know and the top of the pyramid is making yourself feel you know feel satisfied on the inside and in, in, yeah. in your brain yeah what do they call that uh, so i think it's fuck you money <laughs> <laughs> it's i think it's uh, like maslow's hierarchy of needs i think is what it is if I remember right. something like that but so what are those things that make you unhappy I mean, at this point in your life, I mean, is it is it because the dog craps on the carpet, or is no, it? I mean, no. is it, is it? I mean, are you are you able to kind of be more introspective and figure out those things from your past that are really that really affected you? In, yeah, I, now? I, would, I would say it's, it's definitely more on the the uh, deep seated issue side of things. Um, but it's the you know the dog crap thing is funny uh, <laughs> because. Because actually, New Bermuda kind of deals with that too. In the process of this whole move and and this whole transitional period that I was going through, we were touring, you know, so often. And and when you're on tour, you you wake up, you know, you have a certain time that you need to wake up. Uh, you have van calls, you have you know sound checks, you have all these things. Like every hour of your day really has like a purpose, and yeah. be- and because of that, you're pretty consistently busy and and it flies by so so tour for us is like we're going 100 miles per hour the whole time and then when i got home things would immediately shut down you know home you know while you're gone life continues and it it continues at a much different pace so i would get home and, and you know there's this like 
joke, I guess, people say about post-tour depression, but it's really real, you know, and I would just yeah. sit and, like, twiddle my thumbs, and I would walk the dog, and I would go get groceries, and I would pay the power bill, and, you know, these sort of, like, mundane uh, facets of adulthood that I had never really experienced before, and I think that it, it going from uh, hot to cold like that all the time, uh, my lifestyle became very bipolar, and and that in itself was, you know, a further form of instability, like the thing that I had been sort of wanting, I had to a degree, but my life was still unstable because it was just all over the place, and, and I, I didn't know how to, didn't know how to reconcile, what, uh, you know, both sides of me. It, it became this sort of almost Jekyll and Hyde thing. It was, it was really, it was really strange, and 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 I wrote about it, and and I think the the song Luna has a lot to do with that, and uh, and the song Baby Blue as well. Dude, how does your girlfriend put up with you? <laughs> I know she's mortified. Believe me, anytime she hears me on one of these interviews, she's like, "Are you serious? Like, is that is that how you like think about your life?" I'm like, "No, no, not all the time. These are just moments. I'm just I'm the the band is a is a is a vessel to let out these things so that you know I I I'm not a uh, I'm not a negative guy most of the time. Um, I would just picture her sitting there going, "So which track is about me?" <laughs> Yeah, she uh, she's read she's read through everything and and you know we we discuss it, but it's uh, yeah it can be it can be kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> Did you get to date any celebrities? What and have I? Yeah. No. No, not a one. Date a celebrity? We're not yeah, that. We're, we hey, figured, we're, we're, figured that would have happened. Hey, we're still playing small clubs, man. We're still in bars. I, I saw you guys at Fun 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 Fest, top three, best show of the year, I think it was 2014, last year, and it was you guys were incredible, and there was like, I don't know, I'm maybe, I'm counting off a little bit, but like 400,000 people <laughs> just going nuts for <laughs> off you. Off maybe so, a little bit, but. Yeah, but I mean, come on. <laughs> well, uh, dude, that, that was, a, that was a, an amazing show. That is, that's a rarity. You know, fest, fest, festival, festivals are fun, um, but yeah, we're, I'm, you know. I haven't bought my four finger goal ring yet, so not yet. Anyway, yeah, I got, I got, I got about another year for yeah, that. Happens. I mean, well, once Bermuda drops, you know, it's all over after that, <laughs> man. I mean, are you like one of those like goal setting type dudes where you're like, this is what right, we got to uh, do, or yeah, no, no, not really, no. Um, I mean, well, when it comes to the band, I kind of am. I mean, I, uh, uh, I, you know, Carrie and I talk about it. We're like, man, we should like try and shoot for this next year we should like do this but it's that's usually just the shows it's like bands we want to tour with mostly you know like man we should like see if we could ever tour with this band that would be crazy and and i think our uh our requests get stupider and probably wilder <laughs> as time goes so who's on that list man there's a there's a lot uh we gotta open for slayer uh, yeah and 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 no i want slow dive opening up for deaf heaven opening up for slayer <laughs> That literally would be my dream. That would be my dream. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's funny. I hate to change the subject. We'll come back to it in a second. But speaking of slow dive, this new album to me almost felt like your Ask Me Tomorrow, you know, the, the Mojave 3 album. Like, it's moved into songs. You know what I mean? No, I do. Uh, that, that, was, that was a huge... Uh, that was a huge uh, part of this new record too. Is is we wanted to kind of eliminate some of the dreamy aspects of the music and really focus on uh, tight songwriting and and focus more like on hooks. Carrie uh, was was really into writing uh, catchy stuff, 
and and he was like, you know, for him it was a challenge. He was like, I, I want to be heavy and, and fast and and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I also really want to challenge myself to write stuff that is catchy and, and has a certain sense of uh, pop sensibility and, and kind of takes away some of the reverb and, and focuses, like I said, just on, on the riff itself. I would imagine, all right, when, as success has happened with Sunbather, and what's so cool about it is that there was a vision, the vision to a certain degree has come true, perhaps not the way you expected, but is there anything that happened as a part of the success that you did not anticipate at all? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's hard to anticipate any of it, truthfully. But I think one of the most interesting um, and, and uh, on, a, on occasion uh, most difficult things to kind of deal with was just the way, how, how strongly people felt. In uh, in in both senses, you know, it, whether it was a you know a guy coming up to me after a show and being like, you know, this helped me out through this time, or like I really relate, and it's like, you know, like I've I've cried to your record, and you know, it's one of like the most beautiful things I've ever heard, and 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 that can be really overwhelming sometimes, um, or you know, if it's like a really ecstatic review as well, you know, like this is a game changer or something, like, you know, it's it's like that's just that's harder. That's just as hard, if not harder, to hear than, you know, fuck these guys, like, poser idiots or whatever. Um, like, because because it, it makes you feel a way, you know? You're like, man, like, really? Like, you really... You know, to, like I said earlier, like, to a, a certain degree, this is just... It's just me and Carrie, and, and we're sitting in a living room, you know, talking about bands we like and, and, and writing riffs to them. But it's got to be better than being, you know... Milk toast or mediocre at the same time too. You know, I mean, you either want to be loved or be hated, right? I mean, I'm 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 thankful that people took the time to pay attention. Uh, I I think that that is a I think I think our position right now in music is a very rare one, and um and I very much understand that, and uh, think it's interesting, and 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 I thank people, but. It, it can be, you know, occasionally daunting. It was definitely just the most surprising, you know, going back. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect people to, like, really lose their shit in, 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 in both ways that they kind of did. Yeah. But, you know. Did cool. it ch- has it changed your relationships with, like, family and, uh, you know, f- people you knew in high school, that sort of thing? No, not really. I mean, uh, I, I still, I, I have a, a, my core friend group and everyone is, still the same and and i'm still the same if you know we're just a little busier these days but um you don't have like an aunt kathleen who just pops up that sort of thing no 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 uh not at all i I, and the same thing is with my family i don't have like uh that big of a family i I, my my circles are pretty small um if anything everyone just thinks it's kind of funny like if if we're all hanging out or something like oh hey big shot or you know just some stupid I was listening to an interview with Jewel just the other day, and she was talking about how like she had this like totally messed up relationship with her parents, and then success started to happen, and here comes mom, and she was like so into the idea of trying to get that relationship with her mom that she made her mom her manager and lost millions, and now can't talk to her, and it's like that to me was like the story of like. Oh my, you know, like that is something that you could have never predicted. I can't picture a fiction writer sitting down and writing that story, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but I mean, that, you know, we're not like, 
we're not jewel. <laughs> if, if my mom wanted to get close, I think I could offer like 40 bucks. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if she Googled you, she might get an idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents have been very supportive from the beginning, and, uh, and, and they, do very, they do keep up with the band a lot, and, and they're very interested, and, and we talk about it, and they'll usually uh, contact with me before, you know, I, I tell them anything like, wow, did you see that you're on the front page of, you know, like, spinmagazine.com today or something like that. Uh, and I'll be like, oh, cool. You know, they're, they're, that's just bad as far as it goes. That's too bad. I was picturing, like, you know, either, like, mom's, like, totally obsessed. She's got this photo album book. And the, <laughs> or, like, or like they just, like, disregard you completely and still are asking you when you're going to go back to college, you know? <laughs> no, no. I think they're just happy that, uh, that I, I've sort of settled down, I think, is uh, that's probably their biggest source of happiness were they like, worried about that when you were i mean did you have trouble like that when you were growing like finding your niche where you were gonna be i mean has it has it come to now to where you're finally feeling sort of grounded or is it yeah i would say so absolutely yeah. i mean you know my i remember my uh my dad coming to visit me when i was living in this uh in this flat in san francisco and there was 14 of us in one house and uh and he was just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, you better be doing a dot-com startup, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah uh, it, definitely not that. Definitely polar, <laughs> polar opposite. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they're just, you know, they're just happy that we've uh, found a little bit of success and, and that the hard work is paying off. Well, dude, it's a uh, new record is, it really is amazing. It's won me over. I was sort of one of those people on the fence about sunbather uh, kind of cool. in, in between. And, he's uh, he's and a late, late to your uh, bandwagon. I'm, I was early. Though. I saw you guys at South by Southwest <laughs> in 2011, way back when. So, I mean, uh, I've, I've been around for a while, but I was... Yeah, you with, know, with your arms crossed. I Jack, know. I was a, a little huffy <laughs> here and there, but... The, but now the new record, man, is it really is? It's a uh, it, it's it feels like a different level. It really does. I appreciate that a lot, man. I really do. So congratulations, Dude, real man. quick. But before we let you go, one last question: Did did what ended up being the switch in record labels? How did that go? Was it amicable or not? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm I'm still uh, friends with Trey and and still very much. Uh, support Deathwish and, and love those guys and, and uh, you know they already have a relationship with you know Jake being in Converge and Converge Beyond Epitaph and uh, so it, the whole thing was really easy it, that's, that's kind of a funny thing um, a lot of people a lot of people think like when, when a label move happens or, or you go to like a, a, a larger independent label like you know there's some kind of catalyst or, or like you know or, or it, they make it like this kind of huge story but it's really, really casual. I mean, they just emailed us and we're like, "Hey, we'd love to have lunch and and hang out." And uh, and so we did. And uh, they really respected what we do creatively and and gave us full creative control and and uh, trusted us. And uh, and it was it was just a no brainer. And and everyone uh, at Anti has been hugely supportive, and um, it's been a really great experience. They didn't take you to Applebee's or anything like that, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we got, maybe we got Thai food somewhere. Oh, that's cheap. I know. Oh, come on. Oh, but it probably comes out of your future earnings anyway. So that's probably <laughs> yeah, better not go to Red Lobster, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cheddar biscuits. Yeah, bad for you. <laughs> George, it's a triumph, this album. I hope you're starting to hear that. Uh, I, 
I really appreciate that. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to playing some shows again with some new songs and, and, uh, and uh, being out there, being in the world.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. That's a new one right there from Bring Me the Horizon out there. Uh, that's the spirit record. Throne is the name of the song right there on the Metal Sucks podcast. Brought to you this week by Creative Live. If you want to learn how to record music, check out our friends at Creative Live. They've got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists like Between the Barry Me, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger. Uh, head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and watch some free previews of all that stuff at creativelive.com. Now, Bring Me the Horizon is currently number two on the Billboard Top 200. Dude, I, I'm not saying that like it's like album of the year or anything like that. I'm not saying that it's an album that I'm going to spin over and over and over again or anything like that, but it's a good album. I don't get all <sighs> this hate that you've got for <sighs> it. 
Because okay, maybe, maybe what it is is that it does to me that song. It sounds just like Linkin Park, and I went through the phase on radio playing rock and roll in in the middle of new metal phase, right? So I played all this shit, and I, I'm I'm guilty of making this stuff popular. Like it was, it, I'm I'm I feel responsible for it, you know, and and I don't want to ever go back there because I think it was one of the worst times ever in the history of uh, of radio, but. People love that shit. They really do. They love it. I mean, well, it's 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 catchy. It's poppy. It's what it is. It's just not my thing. Look at like what the the bands that people think are 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 awesome in metal. You hear all everybody will go go on and on about uh, 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 Avenged Sevenfold, who look like Meta- you know they sound exactly like Metallica, yeah, yeah. And Guns and Roses, but it's no good. You got Ghost, who sound like uh, the last time I flushed my toilet. Everybody <laughs> seems to think that sounds really good. I actually like and, that. You know what's the big whoop? You know. Yeah, they're influenced by Lincoln Park. I'm not a big Lincoln Park fan, but you know these guys know how to write hooks. They know how to write really good melodies. Unlike uh, uh, you know a bunch of other albums that have come out lately by bands that really should be having really great melodies. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's <sighs> and it's heavy at, po- at spots. It is I mean, heavy not in on spots, that song. Yeah. not on a bunch of the other songs. But you know, it has some spots where it really you know you can that last song sounds like it was produced for an arena filled with angry people jumping <laughs> up and down having a song. great time yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally and that's what it should be i don't know see i prefer the song we played before that where everybody's looking at their shoes and they're kind of crying in their uh their <laughs> soda because we don't drink anymore because we're they're sober latte. we're sober now well, no, I, we, we only drink soda because there's no calories in that. So we, we want to do because we got to fit into our skinny jeans. I, want, I prefer that. Like, that makes me really sad inside. And I don't want to be sad outside. That's what bring me to the horizon makes me feel sad on the out, outwardly. You know, I want to be I want to I want to be I want to hurt in, on my in, in parts. And that's and that's what death does to me. I totally agree with you. De- the Deaf Heaven song is is miles better than the Bring Me the Horizon yeah. because it's a it's a, it's artistic and it's it's creative, it's innovative. It's I mean, uh, yeah, the, everybody's sitting at home yelling at me, go Agalock, Agalock, <laughs> yes, yeah, all right. yeah, 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 I know. You know what I'm saying? Like even on I'm this, album, in the throne room van, I know. I mean, think about like coming out of Sunbather was like the perfect situation for them, but at the same time. These guys must have been scared out of their minds because there's no way they can the rest of their careers. And they're like, what, 12 years old. The rest of their careers is going to be everything that happened post sunbather. Yeah. Almost no matter what they do. And how scary is that as a as a creative person to know that it's all downhill from here? But that's also but that's also part of that. You know, you've got to you've got to have some trials, man. If you don't if you don't have that kind of pain, that anguish, that angst, that, oh, my God, what the fuck am I going to do? How are you going to create something kind of interesting, right? I mean, it, it, it has to be, you've got to have something, right? Whatever that is. I mean, you've got to get kicked in the nuts a few times before you, you get, that's your experience. You know, so oh, you got to you got to imagine bring me the horizon and kicked in the nuts a lot more than death had. <laughs> well, you know what did he say about taking drugs? It's like everybody should take drugs because I took drugs. Drugs is good. Yeah. Drugs is great. And look what it did. It got him a number two record on Billboard. So yeah. you know, good for them. But what was yeah. interesting is is that I'm looking at the Billboard charts, going, okay, bring me the horizon is number two, right? Okay, number four is Slayer, Repentless. Number seven, Five Finger Death Punch at uh, with Got Your Six. And then we got uh, Book of Souls from Iron Maiden, which was, I think, debuted at number four. I think it's down to like number 14. But that's four metal albums, like in the top 20 of Billboard 
and that's pretty good. That's that, oh, that's yeah. that's kind of awesome. Uh, and and I get you know you got a feeling that Def Heaven's going to be up there. Uh, it's it got to be pretty high on the charts, no matter what. I think when it debuts, uh, and, and so you're going to see some interesting changes here. So you'll have somebody like Bring Me the Rise and Five Finger Death Punch, which is sort of pop metal, and then somebody like Def Heaven, which is not. You know, I'll bet that's going to go high on these charts. But then you get the old guard with Slayer and Iron Maiden, who you know still sell actual records. <laughs> you know, uh, these these are streaming numbers too that are added into this now. But I bet you money that those that Slayer and Iron Maiden that's like physical albums that they're selling. It's interesting to me because like what was it Kevin Lyman was saying about uh, uh, what's the fat tour? old gray? <laughs> yeah, it was just basically like look we we went around everywhere and there are no bands that sell like as well as Slayer and it's like here you've got I mean granted you're not going to get Iron Maiden because they're on a you know nobody's buying the new album who's an Iron Maiden fan only the Iron Maiden like mega fans are buying the Iron Maiden album yeah but there's, and that's why it's as high up as yeah but there's but, millions but, of those man there's millions of Iron Maiden mega fans I'm sorry there exactly. are exactly exactly yeah. yeah totally but but like you know they go on tour they're going to sell more expensive tickets and more tickets than any other of the rest of the bands probably oh, yeah. maybe be more than anybody else in the top 20 totally but then you got like bring me the horizon they're gonna sell a ton of tickets and they're gonna sell as many if not more than slayer so why aren't they That's headlining possible. the summer t- uh, metal fest oh, you know dude. what i'm saying but yeah could you imagine could you imagine like uh the just the the sjw like <laughs> what the fu- slayer opening up for fucking bring me the horizon i'm never metal is dead metal's dead to me well see that's the thing is the the reason is they got the old guard if you, your definition of metal consists of only slayer and iron maiden then guess what you the genre has already passed you by you just don't know it yet it's weird there's no festival anymore that sort of brings that stuff together uh, you know, Ozfest was one of those things that that brought all of that shit together, right? Where you would have a mixture of uh, the old guard and the new guard on the main stage, and then you'd have the new guard sometimes on the uh, on the second stage or headlining, right? You know, except for that year they did like Zombie and a few others, but but you know, it's it was the kind of coming of age sort of thing for a lot of those bands to get in the mix with all these guys, and you saw bands like uh, Slipknot getting in the middle of that, Lamb of God getting in the middle of those, you know, and those were kind of important. And Mayhem uh, just doesn't didn't seem to pull that shit off, and part of that was because your big headliners already had tours going on. So I mean, I don't know, Bring Me the Horizon may just not have been. Did they tour this summer? Maybe they did. did were they know. doing Vans Warp Tour instead? Maybe. They could have been. See, see, that's the thing is that, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, so, so that, perhaps because metalheads have been so devoted to their, their, old, their, yeah. their old ratty t-shirts that, like, everybody that was getting into metal that a la Bring Me the Horizon were like, fine, we don't want to be at your, you know, old guy campground. We're going to go over here. And it's at Vans Warp Tour because those kids tend to be a little bit more open-minded about the other music that they'll listen to too yeah but when you but stop more than that they they show up with their floppy earlobes and funny haircuts <laughs> and everybody's like what the stupid. hell and make, yeah it gives them a hard time well fine man i'm just gonna go over here with my white chapel t-shirt yeah but you also and, look at it like this though i mean we talk about we talk about slayer and iron maiden being the old guard well they're like the fucking grandpa they're, they're their gmails out of this whole thing right because they are the old old guard because technically, if you're getting into like the Warp Tour area, Bring Me the Horizon has been around since like 2003. 
they are really getting to the point where they're the old guard in this mix because they've been around for a decade plus, right? Yeah, but time moves so much differently than it used to. Yeah, it does. That means they're getting older faster. And that's kind of my point is that is that somebody like uh, Black Dahlia Murder, who is relatively new in the overall scheme of things, is the old guard. So suddenly these guys could be headlining Warp Tour and the new bands are literally two years old. You know, Deaf Heaven is five fucking years old. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, oh, uh, huh? Yeah, totally. But like, I mean, it, for whatever reason now, it takes so much longer for bands to really get to that point where they're, they truly no. matter. In a no, that's bullshit. Deaf Heaven that's is the bullshit. exception. Well, th- but there, if there's an exception, it's not a rule. I mean, they, they, come on. They, that's not the only band that's it's like the that. exception that proves the rule. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to look at this. There, there are plenty of other bands that have gotten gotten big pretty quick. And, you know, Def Heaven is, is one of the most recent ones. And you can look at some of these bands that are in this in this genre, along with uh, Bring Me the Horizon, that, that are kind of the same that that are on that cutting edge as far as what people what the youngsters what the kiddos are listening to these days all all i'm saying dude is i can hear your gears moving inside your brain while you're trying to come up with a single another example of a band that's selling a boatload of records within this genre that's less than 10 years old five finger death punch i mean i just named it i mean they're they're in the top 10 one (laughs) how many how many do i have to fucking name how old are they well how old are they five figure i'd be curious Uh, i bet you they're older than 10 years well they're they're i mean when i think about like to me it's like all right so who is the greatest band in this genre right now i mean hands down i think everybody should agree with me it would be gojira and they're like 20 years in you know and they're still just finding their stride at this point but that doesn't mean that i mean what was so what are you trying to say there I mean, I w- I'm, just, well, I'm saying it takes a hell of a long time. By this point, Slayer no, had already be. had their trilogy, and and they they were moving on to like just trying to figure out a way to p- sing songs for the troops. You know, they were mo- <laughs> Hanneman was post Spider at 20 years. You know, mm. it's like you know, here's Gojira. They're just like to me, it's like they're somewhere in between uh, Rain and Blood and South of Heaven. Mm. And it's 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 cool to to be in this time and place in their career, but it's amazing that it's taken this long to get there. I don't know, man. I'm still thinking because I'm looking at Five Finger Death Punch and thinking that okay, it's got to be like ten years, maybe decade uh, since they since they've been around, barely a decade, uh, maybe two. Well, I forget when their first record came out, but I mean, they, I mean 2007, I think, is when the is when that first album came out. But they were they were banging from the first record, right? It wasn't a matter of of like it wasn't it didn't take the 2015 for them to get big. They were huge right out of the gate, and I yeah, that's a, another prime example right there. I mean, I think Lamb of God is sort of in that same in, in that same realm. You know, they were 15 years now. I mean, we're 15 yeah. years on now, but we're talking Ashes of the Wake when they were kind of at their pinnacle or when they're getting to their pinnacle when they really started to get get to the headlining slot. Ah, I mean, they were still pretty young. Same thing with Mastodon. Same thing with, I mean, there's a lot of them that were that way. And I think when it turns and burns, it goes fast now. And that's why you're talking about bands like Def Heaven going, oh, the shock of the sophomore fucking record, because it used to be that way where the sophomore record was important because the first one was so fucking huge. And we're getting back to that now to where that 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 record, that one record gets gets them going like gigantic right out of the gate. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing. 
I, I just think it's I, regardless. You got you got was it twenty percent of the Billboard top twenty is is metal? metal? It's going to be twenty five percent is metal, and then then yeah, oh, I'm not complaining. Then, I think it's a good eighty percent. Eighty percent of that twenty five percent metalheads really loathe. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, you know? right, right. It is interesting that that it, it does fall on either side of that. You either love Bring Me the Horizon, you kind of hate them. Same thing with Dev Dev Heaven. You either love them or you really fucking hate them. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch, same way. You either love them or you fucking hate them, one or the other. And and most people that are respectable metalheads hate the fucking popular shit, which means you need to hate Slayer now because they're in the top ten. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. how that works? I mean, if they're popular, you got to... No, you know. it, it, but see, this is the thing is that they if it's old and then it it's popular, then it's okay. Okay. Because you know, there's some sort of legitimacy. And, and then you've got like... <sighs> is there a book of rules out there? Is there... Is there oh. Do we yeah, need do we, do we do we need to sit down and write the the rules of metal like like really figure out what is and is not legit and how it works because I because I, yeah, I I sometimes like I feel like dude, I know this stuff and I've been talking about it for a long time I I yep. still don't think I know anybody who gives us twenty bucks or more per month on Patreon <laughs> will get your book of rules for metal <laughs> like coming soon let's uh, coming soon. yeah don't worry it's coming soon <laughs> I mean because how do you or is it even important? I mean, I guess at this point, do, have we ever important because I don't you've know. Got, you've, you're going to have met, look when they bring back the Mayhem Festival, and you look at who the lineup is. It's going to be a bunch of bands that right now you hear most metalheads complaining about. They sound mm. just like Republican voters, and just like Republican voters before the rest of us, they're going to die. And then what's <laughs> going to be left are people who go to the Mayhem Festival to go see "Bring Me the Horizon," and then the most metal band in the lineup is somebody like uh, you know BT Bam, and you know and a Contortionist opening up, and now they don't do growls at all. You know, people going, "What the hell?" And that's just the way it is. It's just the genre moves on. And those people who will move with it are along with it. But, you know, you got the old guard that people celebrate and that's all that they celebrate. And, well, mm. there you got a corner over here where you guys can hang out. But everybody else moved on. I don't know. It seems it seems weird because uh, we're, we're finally and we've talked about this before where we're kind of at that point where we've never been before in metal. Right. Where the where the old guard is finally getting older and dying off or quitting or retiring or it's you know they're at that point where they can't you know we talked about it kind of with lemmy you know and or just boring <laughs> i mean that's where we started you know right. yeah they're they're still alive they're still kicking but uh, it's boring as all get yeah but i mean you know even if you even if you talk about boring is still selling records i mean you're still somewhat legitimate right you can still go on tour and you can still play shit and you're still there if you don't make space if there's no space then because that was kind of the problem with the mayhem fest right was that there that there was no space for mayhem this year slipknot had the big tour this summer no space for those guys you know warp tour had the young crowd uh slipknot had the medium crowd uh the old crowd was waiting for for sabaton to come and <laughs> or whoever and it's there was just there's not they're crowded out and I think the old guard is getting to the point where they either don't want to pay for the shows again. They've seen Slayer 50 times. Uh, you know, it's just kind of there. And we're kind of at that at that churning point where something's going to have to give. And you will see. I think you're right. I think you will see that like those bands like Bring Me the Rising kind of rise into the top. The five figure death bunch. They're going to be the they're going to be the ones that are pulling everybody else behind them. And when does new trivium come out? Uh, when is that album coming out? 
Yeah, you know, it's like you add that in there. That's another thing for yeah. a bunch of metalheads to complain about, you know? <laughs> well, I actually like that record so far from what I've heard. It, but, they're, but they're another one, I think. And they actually splashed really fast. I mean, because that band yeah. got big, huge right off, their, right off the bat. I mean, still, everybody will look back and go, Ascendancy is the best fucking Trivium record ever made. They were another one that was that was right out of the gate. They were getting huge. 2005 was a fucking amazing year for metal, right? And that, then it's hard to believe that that was a decade ago. Because, you know, 2004, 2005, it was this big resurgence. It was kind of right at the beginning of metalcore and so many different things that were happening. You finally got it on the radio. And so, you know, streaming was kind of starting to come around. And, and, and now we're now we're kind of looking at it going, well, we have all this access. Now we can look at quality. Well, I think it's just fun now because you've got bands like Tesseract and Contortionist and BT Bam, like really going towards the Opeth proggy uh direction and and exploring it more and more and you got death heaven exploring you know their shoegazer and post shoegazer uh alternative stuff and you know all this other experimentation and interesting stuff happening and you know those people went to the boring death metal show that you went to last night and, and you know enjoyed it probably they did it while they were sitting on their bar stool and you know sipping their beer just like they do every other night of the week but that to me at this point it's kind of boring i you gotta figure out what to do with it next you have to it's weird it, it really was that was really strange right because you know i'm Thank i like for sumerian lo- right well uh, well not even that i mean because it was funny i was talking to somebody out front of the show right and i said it's hard to find uh, a death metal band that's doing something interesting now like right now yeah. and you know we've talked about that on the show before too bands like fallujah and a few other bands that are doing some really cool creative stuff with death metal but still kind of staying in the style so they're still they're still within it but then they push the edges you know and i and i really dig that you know and and then you go back and you see some of these guys that have been doing the same kind of death metal for 20 years and it's just tired and yeah i was i I had trouble with it i really did and uh and i don't know i i couldn't tell if it was me or if it was them or if it was the crowd you know what i mean like i couldn't tell what it was exactly i just knew that i wasn't enjoying it and that's for me not to enjoy a death like an extreme death metal show that's saying a lot you know what i mean it's like i really love that shit and, you, and how was attendance i'm curious uh mediocre you know for a midweek yeah. show it was uh it was mediocre you know wasn't wasn't great wasn't terrible but um right. you know the other thing they had is they had like you know five six bands on the bill <laughs> it's like dude god damn it well, you know, the truth of the matter is in a few years, you know, and the, the death metal is dead, it gets really tired topic. But the truth of the matter is, is give it a little bit of time and somebody's going to come up with an aha moment with traditional death metal that yeah. takes it a new direction yeah, totally. and everybody's going to get excited about it again. And it'll be great. And Fallujah are almost doing that. They're I mean, very maybe, close. And maybe they even are, but it's just at this point. Well, and you've talked about all the other. You've talked about Flesh God Apocalypse and some of those other bands that are doing the same sort of thing. You know, Septic Flesh. Yeah, yeah, and they do. They they do. There are some bands that are that are able to do that, but it's weird, and and it kind of bleeds into what we were talking about. Is that they get sort of disqualified by the old guard because it's not you know it's not the same shit, and it's like well. So you're saying I, I need to lighten up a little bit about Bring Me the Horizon. Okay. All right. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I do. 
I don't know. I just have a hard I time accepting it. I really do. I could, you know, you know, with this Patreon thing, I think we need to add like one of those Amazon stores that people can like buy buy stuff. Like, <laughs> I want to put a, like a, a a Bring Me the Horizon T-shirt in your size that somebody can just send on over to your house, man. I'd love to see. I her. don't. Th- I don't think Bring Me the Horizon has double X fans. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. You're not allowed. You have to be a certain weight. Uh, Maybe there ought to be like a, a Bring Me the Horizon t-shirt that's just like two skinny t-shirts tied, <laughs> tied together. together. Yeah. <laughs> One on each leg, maybe. Yeah, yeah. you know, you make it really cool like the old Danzig t-shirts where you get the like leather uh, 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 thread, like, you know. Yeah, you sewn together. together. <laughs> <laughs> just sewn together in the back. Yeah, I'll to, yeah. all right. Make a corset out of it. That way I can show off my cleavage. All right, awesome. Can't wait, dude. Oh, terrible. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this show up, dude. Uh, make sure that awesome. you are uh, that, that you are subscribed to us and all that stuff on iTunes. Uh, search Metal Sucks Podcast. You will find us, whether it's Stitcher or any place like that. You can always find us at MetalSucks.net. Uh, click in the podcast tab, and you will find all the old episodes. Uh, if you want to find like even more ancient episodes, make sure that you go to ChuckAndGodless.com. That would be our Patreon. You sign up. Certain level, you're going to get some cool-ass content. We're going to try to uh, dig up some old episodes of the show that we used to do that wasn't called Metal Sucks Podcast interviews we've never broadcast maybe other little uh, outtakes and other things like that so uh, that would be on patreon.com slash chuck and godless or chuck and you can find us there and also on social media i'm at bearded ape i'm at godless speaks so make sure you do that as well and uh the end until next week man i'm chuck i'm godless and this is the metal sucks podcast (laughs) 